0: It's Deep Focus. It's January 8th, 2024. Peter Applebaum is in the studio with me. I'm your host, Mitch Goldman. The show's called Deep Focus. This is part three of three. Go listen to parts one and two before you listen to this one. Uh, unless you don't want to. There are riches. Where shall we proceed?
1: Uh, Maybe some hemp.
0: Hemp. Hemp. Now, when you say hemp, some people are going to think of one thing. Others are going to think of something else.
1: And, and we all are... love Lionel Hampton, but that's not <laughs> the do. I'm we talking do, about.
0: but we're not playing him. Yeah. And uh, there are people who are way ahead of us already, hoping you're going to say what you're going to say.
1: But uh, what are you going to say? So Hampton Hawes... Hampton Hawes. ...was uh, a wonderful underrated pianist um, in jazz. Um, he was a California person, spent a lot of time in L.A., um, I didn't get to meet him personally, um, but I did see him play, and I tried to steal everything I possibly could from him. (laughs) Um, If you guys have heard what I do, you know, I play saxophone, also piano, and I started as a drummer, so I kind of have always played all three, but um, some of these pianists were the biggest influence on me because that's where I learned harmony. I feel like I learned harmony 95% probably more like 98% from listening, maybe 2% from something I got. It wouldn't have been from a book, but maybe just from something I asked my piano teacher, Dick Whittington. I don't know if he's listening, but he's he's still out there, wonderful musician who lives in Carmel, California. And when I was a kid, I played like a kid. And then when I was about 11, I said, Mr. Whittington, can you show me how to play like an adult? (laughs) And he played these two chords, and I still have been working those chords to this day, and I can sound like a kid or an adult. (laughs) I've got options. But anyway, I digress. Um, Hampton Hawes um, was a a pianist who, um, I guess I want to say, I haven't looked it up, but I want to say he was around a contemporary of Andrew. They both had come out of... um, you know, the bebop era. And yeah. we're both very influenced by Bud Powell. <clears throat> but one way in which Hemp was different... Uh, first of all, Hemp, um embraced the Fender Rhodes electric piano mm. when it came in. Andrew, I don't know if he played much electric piano at all. He may have, but it wasn't really his thing. But um, And some people never did. Like Cecil Taylor was like, I'm a pianist, not an electric pianist. Yes. He would not touch it. Hemp, however... Um, had this wonderful funky style that lent itself really well to the electric piano and he used it a lot Um, but he also had this thing um, I was thinking of him him recently because uh, another friend musician I really admired passed away uh, very recently Les McCann oh yeah somebody who was a dear friend of my friend Peter Englehart who's a uh, pianist himself an instrument builder in the bay area um, they came up together in la and um so i would talk to les on occasion um he's another one who deserves a show unto himself but les and um hampton hawes And um, others like, uh, you could say, Ramsey Lewis. um, Uh These folks came out of the African-American church Uh tradition of playing piano and organ. Um, Andrew, not as much. um, uh, He grew up on the South Side, and um, he told me about going to visit his friend's church, but it wasn't like... (laughs) <clears throat> that wasn't the basis of his style, at least that you can perceive from list not, not in an obvious way. Whereas, the '60s um, gave birth to people like um, like Ramsey Lewis, um, you know, Les, um, um, and then of course, uh, well, then later you had Abdullah Ibrahim. Mm-hmm. You know, Randy Weston to some extent. These were people who also came out of Thelonious Monk very much, but they were the pianists who were a part of what we now call the soul jazz yeah, yeah. sound. Uh, you know, and, um, and that sound caught on. And even my mother, who was not a music fan really, um, had the Ramsey Lewis trio, the In Crowd. Oh, yeah. Right. And so um this was a time when um these you know even Herbie Hancock who who has had such a huge variety of music you know he had his hit with Watermelon Man. Yes. Right. Yeah those
0: were those were genuine top 40 instrumental hits
1: right at that time yeah. Yeah. So Hampton Hawes is somebody who had that in his vocabulary but he never had a hit. He was just really a musician's musician but the one thing that I am so happy I got to steal from him, is he had a very, very developed left hand. Yes. And I don't know how many people out there know what I'm talking about. With In jazz, often your left hand plays the chords and your right hand is playing the melody. But you don't get in the way of the bass player. But then if there's no bass player, then you have all of that way to get into. So um, I I learned a lot from trying to copy what Hamp would do on records. And watch him. Um, I saw him a few times in San Francisco, and I've always had a pretty good ear, so I would just cop what he was doing and go home and try to play it. Um, and um, there's a lot of good piano players out there, but I gotta say, there's not that many that actually do that—the walking bass thing. And um, and so that's something that 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 uh, I'll break out with it once in a while. I'm, you know, I kind of have my own way of doing it, which is a little crude, but. <laughs> Uh, but I got to give props up to Hampton Hawes, and um, and I love hearing anything of, of his. He was maybe not quite as abstract or far out as somebody like Andrew, um, but I love him for a different reason, and he was just very musical and super funky. And he,
0: more than maybe any of the people that you were talking about, was really steeped in the church. Yeah. right. His father had been a preacher, and he was had a... Very strong, maybe overbearing relationship on young Hampton. I, was, I think was wow. uh, he was a, a junior or the third. I think I, th- I might be mistaken. Uh, I didn't it's know that. long I knew he time came since out
1: I, of the church. I didn't know that. Interesting. Yeah,
0: and he was largely self-taught. I believe. I think My he, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think so. so. Autodidact. Yeah. So this is what uh, Peter Applebaum tasked me with find a live unreleased recording of him. And I said, I don't think I could do that. And you said, do it! Do it! <laughs> <laughs> you can do it. Yeah, with that confidence Im- imbued on me by Peter Applebaum, I did discover a recording of Hampton Hawes at the Red Hill Inn in Pensauket, New Jersey, May 4th, 1957. And it's a trio date with None other than Paul Chambers on the bass. And the drummer is one Richie Goldberg, who I gotta admit, I that name did not strike a chord for me, but he was a well known fellow around. This is, uh, I think, down Philadelphia way, more or less. Mm. And um, shall we?
1: Yeah. Anything else? This is uh Let me just say one yeah. more thing, because if yeah. Steven Bernstein were here, he would say this, or he would want me to say it. Thank goodness that we're living in the time when weed is legal, <laughs> or at least somewhat legal, because these were the days where, you know, Hampton Hawes, he writes about it in his autobiography, Raise Up Off Me is the name of his book. But those were the days where you could get busted for a joint if you were in the wrong place. And he did like six or seven years in prison yeah for that yeah. so he was off the scene for uh, during his prime for a while and that's that's one reason he didn't get more well known and
0: w- that book is required reading for all listeners of the show it's been a long time since i read it but there are so many stories in that book that are burned into my memory yeah. including the fact that he had he i think he talks about it in the book that he had this like moment of clarity I think he'd been uh, sentenced to 10 years. Wow. And he, he, when President John F. Kennedy was inaugurated, he had this realization, this guy's going to understand my story and he's going to commute my sentence. And he wrote a letter to Kennedy and then... uh, Kennedy pardoned him, right? Two years later, Kennedy died and then... After he had died, I think it was that Hampton Hawes found out Kennedy pardoned forty-four people during his term. The forty-third was Hampton Hawes, oh and, and he didn't even find out about it. I think until after Kennedy had died. And sure enough, he got he was he was free. Wow. He went back to playing, and he wow. lived another. 14 years or so, I think it was.
1: Thank goodness.
0: Thank goodness. But this Boy. is before all that. This is May of 57. Crazy stories. Man, okay, the
1: things we take for granted. Yes. Yes. Wow.
0: That is definitely something Bernstein would say. Um, <laughs> I'm sure. And uh, so we're going to go to the Red Hill Inn, which was a spot. Everybody came through there and played. It's one of those places on uh, a roadside spot outside of the mainstream. But the music was happening. And uh, this was a radio broadcast. I think we're going to hear some announcements maybe from that as well. And uh, the show's called Deep Focus. We are shifting our focus from Andrew Hill to Hampton Hawes. I'm your host, Mitch Goldman. Peter Applebaum here in the studio with me. It is WKCR FM New York, WKCR HD, WKCR.org, 89.9 FM. And you can find us on the Deep Focus podcast. Pull that phone out. And whatever you listen to, if you listen to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Google or whatever it may be, you can find Deep Focus and uh, subscribe and you can find out what's going on. You can also read about um, upcoming shows. You can follow us on Instagram. We are Deep Focus Podcast, Deep underscore focus underscore podcast, Deep Focus Podcast on Instagram. We put up photos of the artists and Some conversations get going. You'll meet people who love the music you love. And I would love to see you over there. It's all free, ad-free, give it away free, take it with you. There's over 300 episodes up there now. Wow. Yeah. And if you don't find it there, you don't do the podcasting thing or whatever, you can go to the hosting site, which is mitchgoldman.podbean.com. All right. All right. So let's go to the Red Hill Inn, 1957, music from Hampton Hawes on WKCR. If I can, here it comes, here it comes, coming around, any minute now, on our little, oh, okay, here we go, nope. Yeah, this thing, I don't know, man. This engineer, I think I'm going to fire this guy. This is his last date with us.
2: Hampton Hawes' piano and trio from the Red Hill Inn in Pensacola, New Jersey, just across the river from Philadelphia. Leonard, how about the uh, personnel of Hampton's group? Well, Hamp has uh, the young bass player who's considered to be one of the greatest of all. In fact, he won the the yearbook of jazz poll as the greatest new bass player, Paul Chambers, and he has a, a new drummer, Richie Goldberg. I haven't heard of him, but he sure sounds fine. And everyone's listening to Bandstand USA on Mutual. Now we'd like to play for you an old jazz classic, How High the Moon. Thank you very much. now we'd like to play some blues for you. This is an original of mine, entitled "Hamp's Blues. Now, as Bandstand USA takes you direct to the Red Hill Inn and Hampton Hawes. Thank you again, Guy Wallace, and a
0: very swinging contest that is. And uh, although there's no contest down here as to who's really well in the most, I think we have a pretty wonderful week of music. Right now on the stand, it's Hampton Hawes, his fine trio. And a real personal favorite of mine in piano, and especially bass with Paul Chambers. The drums are Richie Jones, uh, excuse me, Richie Goldberg. Richie Jones. Now then, all the things you are is Ham's first selection, so let's switch it to the stand. Hampton Hawes, the trio. A little bonus for you that was that's all we have of that set isn't that something Hampton Hawes at the Red Hill Inn Pensacola in New Jersey May 4th 1957 Hampton Hawes playing piano and Paul Chambers on the bass remarkable getting to hear him in a live set and the drummer Richie Goldberg and uh, we heard All the Things You Are How High the Moon and Hamp's Blues and off they go. The show's called Deep Focus. I'm your host, Mitch Goldman, here in the studio with Peter Apfelbaum. And we've got um, got one more set. And I think we... Why don't we... Got a little, little bonus, a little something extra here. That's all we have of that set of Hampton Hawes leading the band. But we do have some music from... Hampton Hawes playing with Dexter Gordon. So why don't we get into some of that? So we're in Berlin. It's 1967. And this is Dexter Gordon's leading the band, playing tenor saxophone. Hampton Hawes on piano. Polly Danielson on the bass. Runa Carlson on the drums. And this is Dexter Gordon's take on all the things you are. It's deep focus and a special shining the light on pianist Hampton Hawes. what's that you say that doesn't sound like dexter gordon you're right it's another added bonus surprise
1: music should we tell him who's yeah. it peter so that is molatu Astatke, um the great ethiopian vibraphonist and keyboard player and it's from uh looks like a live performance from 2013 that Midge dug up. I have yet to hear Mulatu live, but he's still with us um, in his, I, mean, I think, late 80s at this point. I think he lives in Boston. He's uh, taught at uh, Berkeley School of Music. But anyway, so it jumped to that. That's another musician whose name I threw out. And I'm enjoying hearing um, something by him. I think we could
0: call that fate in a pleasant mood.
1: Ah, <laughs> thank you, Sunra.
2: The other piece, the next one also is from, uh, from our sketch of Ethiopia and this is a very interesting piece because uh, these tribes from southern Ethiopia, they are one of those people who have really come.
0: we just gave you a little teaser when we told you what we were playing, because that one did kind of sneak up on us, to be honest. Yeah. But uh, now, now that you've had a proper earful, we could tell you what was going on right there. And uh, so let me back out first and tell you that the show's called Deep Focus. It's on WKCR. I'm your host, Mitch Goldman. And my guest tonight, Peter Afflebaum. We've been having a blast bringing you some music you've never heard and peter what where'd you take us man what did you do you slipped us into a laundry bag threw us in the
1: back of a truck <laughs> next thing we knew yeah well next thing we knew we were listening to malatu malatu at Stotgate. so that was a bit of uh, a, a bit inadvertent um <laughs> happy accident happy accident exactly um yeah, we had um, talked about possibly hearing Dexter Gordon, but I had been looking forward to hearing this one. Um, and Mulatto Astatke is a really interesting musician to me. He is um, probably the preeminent um, composer of Ethiopian jazz. He's he's from Ethiopia and put out some groundbreaking records in the early 70s. Um He plays vibes and also keyboards. And I I think on that, it sounds like he's playing clavinet. Um, But he's really kind of um, a singular figure, um, as far as I know. I mean, I was in Ethiopia about 10 years ago with Bill Laswell, playing with Gigi, um, who Laswell was married to at the time, um, an important singer, um, and got to meet some great musicians over there that were kind of part of this whole thing the Ethiopian jazz musicians if they get a really good gig they're playing in a hotel it's kind of the opposite of here right it's one of those countries where the hotel has the sound system they have the international crowd they have the drinks um there's other places to play but the hotel is kind of the good gig to have and he was playing at one of the hotels across town and um I didn't get to see him live but um really interesting musician to me um, in that he's um, you know he played he's known for playing electric keyboards and vibes and um, anybody who's familiar with Ethiopian jazz or Ethiopian traditional music will hear some familiar scales in that it's very modal um, and Ethiopian jazz I keep using that term but it was a really Interesting outgrowth of um, I think the influence of uh, the influence of American jazz on on Ethiopian um, culture and Ethi- Ethiopian culture is is very strong and obviously very very ancient. Um, but one interesting side note is that when Haile Selassie was the emperor, mm-hmm. which was for a long time, um, people have various uh, things that they can say about him. But I will just say that he loved the saxophone. Uh And so he had hundreds, if not thousands of saxophones imported into Ethiopia. I've
0: never heard that story. That's Uh, remarkable.
1: It became a, a not uncommon instrument for, for people to play. And sometimes, you know, they were listening to Charlie Parker and John Coltrane or, or whatever, but sometimes they were just playing, um, Ethiopian music which has a rich tradition of improvisation they have these modes there's like five or six main ones there's probably many more but um and I learned them when I was was over there um uh, but anyway um the, the saxophone is an important instrument and by the early 70s when when um when this musician Mulato Atstatke, um started getting known um he 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 had a band with a lot of saxophones in it and and Selassie was still in power at that time Selassie was still in power I believe till 74 or, yeah. or something like that um, yeah and there's a really fun picture from 1973 um of a dear friend of mine over there who was very young at the time Art Barron oh wow who was playing yeah. with with Duke Ellington he yeah. went to play for Selassie and there's a picture of of the band um yeah playing in Ethiopia art was about 21 i think oh, man. <laughs> yeah so there's a lot of worlds converging here but the but the final thing i'll say about that track which i'd never heard before um, is it, it's really interesting to me i haven't heard that much live stuff of mulatu um mulatko mulatu struck up a friendship with a um Musician who I have met, who's an important musician in Boston, Russ Gershon, saxophone player, and I know him because he has a group called the Either Orchestra. And when my group Hieroglyphics um, came on the scene and started recording, either, either Orchestra was another group that was a large group um, that had all these different influences. Maybe had you know African and Latin musicians. It was a Jazz-based in a in a sense, but very compositional. Um, it's funny to talk about my own stuff <laughs> that way, but but Russ and I, you know, there aren't that many of us doing that. Yeah. And and uh, with all due respect to Mulatu, he's you know he's in that world too. You're you're talking about taking um, elements of a, a very old traditional culture and mixing it and um, and and putting a kind of a composition based music on it and here there's a big mixture too because the percussionist um is playing very much in a nigerian uh yoruba style um and it seems like there's british musicians there too so that was a mix and some really interesting stuff i hate to break in man three hours
0: flies by literally
1: wow we're hitting the wall man check that out Uh,
0: Peter, thank you so much for coming through. I want to let everybody know once again, you are at Drome on the 21st.
1: That's right. With Marcus Rojas, Ciro Baptista, and Eric Mingus, and Charlie Burnham. Double Bill with Paul Shapiro's Midnight Minion. And then Saturday the 27th in Williamsburg, 58 North 6th Street, with Kamikaze Ground Crew at the Louvre.
0: And that's... Uh 2024 here in new york city for those of you who are on some other vibe which is very possible <laughs> and you know what let me ask you too because we're talking about hieroglyphics and listening to that to put me in mind of hieroglyphics in in some ways uh, yeah, is that music still too. available
1: yeah me too well hieroglyphics okay so that's the big band i've had since i was a teenager and we um Everything that we've done with that group is not available um, or it's out of print. You can find it on Amazon or CD Baby. Um, But the good news is that we're um, laying the groundwork for recording a new record for the first time in several years um, this year. So we're going to have some new stuff. We have some new stuff for you.
0: Ah, get your – get your – Peter Applebaum music, your hieroglyphics music, your Andrew Hill music, your Hampton Hawes music, your Mulatu Astatke music, you don't want to go anywhere without that in your collection. Find Deep Focus on your podcasting app, and you can listen to this and hundreds of other shows anytime you want for free. You can email them to your friends, collect them like baseball cards, anything you want to do, and this show will be up there in a week's time or so. Peter Affelbaum, thank you so much for coming through, man. I've just had the best, best time tonight, and uh, thanks to you.
1: Thank you, Mitch. Thank you, all the listeners out there. We love you, and uh, this was super fun.